Hey, I hope you're enjoying this content. Want to make sure that you know about our Facebook group. It's totally free, but it's a great place to post any questions you might have, get some resources, talk to people who are doing the clinic gym model. You can find it on Facebook and it's called the Clinic Gym Hybrid Discussion Group. Once again, the Clinic Gym Hybrid Discussion Group. If you haven't gotten in there yet, you have to answer a couple questions so we can keep the deadbeats out, but we'd love to have you in there. And if you ever have a question about, hey, I don't know how to set up my insurance or what company do you use for this equipment? That is the absolute best place to post. Every day we're getting great questions and even better answers. And man, there's tons of resources out there that I didn't even know about. So once again, check us out on Facebook. It's the Clinic Gym Hybrid Discussion Group. Hope to see you there. Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. This is Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm excited for you to be on this journey. Look, when I started my Clinic Gym Hybrid back in 2013, I didn't have a place to go for resources. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're here. I hope you dig this interview. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley. Today, we are talking, you and I, about what is your experience like? Now, I want to share a couple stories that uh, I have seen and some lessons I've learned about patient experience, about client experience in the gym, about all of that, because recently I was reminded of it in an experience I had and um, just got done reading an article a couple days ago about the difference in experience in some high-end restaurants and how very little things, uh, very little small items are the difference between places that average over $100 per person and places that average under $40 per per person. So why not apply this to our practices as well? But patient experience is so important and it's so powerful. Uh, I have a friend, he had a practice for a while and I would say that I don't, we, we went to chiropractic college together and to this day, I don't know why he became a chiropractor. He's not the most warm and welcoming person. Um, he's kind of abrasive. And he took out a huge loan to start his practice, a very small practice. But most of that loan was to run ads. And he ran Facebook ads. And he got more new patients in his first two years of practice than I saw in my first probably four or five years of practice. However his patient visit average is like two and a half. I mean, he barely got to three with most of them. And I look back at that and I'm like, oh, it's because the experience that every patient had in there was off. It was wrong. Like he, it just wasn't a warm and welcoming experience. Uh, Maybe a year ago, I had the pleasure of, uh, I was traveling for work and I was teaching a seminar somewhere. So I landed in a town. Oh man, where was I? I cannot remember where. I think it was San Diego. Anyways, I want to get a workout in. And so look up, you know, gym near me because I was staying in an Airbnb. So there wasn't a gym. So look up gym near me. And some gym had like a thousand, almost 1200 reviews. of This is the best gym ever. You got to work out here, blah, blah, blah. So I go on their website to like see if there's like a day pass or something, call them. And they're like, oh, yeah, let me get some information. So I got my name. Got my info and I remember they asked it like, uh, oh, the name of the credit card is Joshua, but what do you like to be called? I was like, oh, just Josh. I'm like, oh, cool, right? So I go in there and when I walk in this gym that I have never been to in my life, up on the like whiteboard as you're walking in, like in the front area, it says, welcome visitors, Josh, Steve, Bill. Like my name was already up there. I called maybe two hours before this, right? 
I go into the workout and you can tell that there's a lot of people there that know each other and everything. And the trainer comes over. She's like, Hey, are you Josh or Bill? And I was like, uh, Josh. She's like, Oh, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you. And guides me over an area where she has a foam roller set up for me and, uh, has a minivan ready there. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, she's like, yeah, I set all this stuff up for you. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, blah, blah, blah. Now they did charge me 25 bucks for the workout, but man, at this point, I'm already like, this is awesome. Right. And so she doesn't know anything about me. Doesn't know my background or anything. So does a, she does a great job of like, Hey, today we're doing these exercises. And, you know, uh, have you heard about these before? Have you done them? you know, any questions with them. And then she says, if you ever have any questions, feel free to stop me during the workout. I would love, I'd rather, she said, it was a great line. Like, I'd rather have you go slow and understand than go fast and get injured. I was like, Hey, you and I both sister. So the experience overall was incredible. It was like an hour long workout or 55 minutes, man. It was, I felt like I was part of that gym and I had been there just for that hour. Right. And every time I go back to San Diego, I will go to that gym because it was just such a great experience as a customer, right? And I think what really did she, what really was the difference, right? She sat on a foam roller. She sat at a minivan for the warmup. Uh, she talked to me a little bit about some stuff and they put my name on a whiteboard. That's it. That's all. And this place was, it gave me an absolutely incredible experience, right? Let me give you the opposite. So, uh, my kids, I don't know how this tradition started, but my kids every Friday get picked up by their grandparents and their grandparents take them to ice cream. I think it started out when, you know, the grandparents would visit. It was a special thing, but somehow my kids have freaking, uh, maneuvered into this deal where their grandparents take them to ice cream every single Friday. It's ridiculous. Anyways, uh, they, they go to a bunch of different places and one of the, kind of places that was on the regular rotation is Baskin Robbins. They, everybody has, they all have the flavors they like. They know what they're getting. It's very consistent and everything. But recently I noticed they're not going to Baskin Robbins as often. So I asked why. And uh, my mother-in-law was like, yeah, they're just, they're just not taking care of that place anymore. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, it's just dirty all the time. And there's like dripped ice cream on the counter or on the glass, like little service thing. And I said, well, is the, ice cream still good. And she said, Oh yeah, it's still the same flavors. Still, you know, it's, it's great. I love uh, Baskin Robbins. It's just that place is not great. So I happened to go in there with my kids maybe a couple months ago and she was right. The floor hadn't been mopped in a long time. You could see where different people had dripped ice cream. There was like napkins on the floor. There was like little bits of paper and all sorts of stuff. And the place just looks dirty and dingy. Um, and it just didn't pop. And, and I really thought, wow, this is crazy because the quality, the product itself has not changed yet. The experience is changing a lot. Right. And so I think that's so important because I know that a lot of you listening are delivering a top quality product. You are in the Baskin Robbins of, of, uh, you know, quality, but what's the experience like, right? If you want to measure this, I think that one of the best things you can do is send out a review, a Google review request after your first or second visit. The reason I would say to do it then, this is long before the person can get out of pain, right? But what the review is going to tell you, or those reviews are going to tell you is how great did you treat those people when they first joined your practice, right? How was your online scheduling experience? How was it becoming a new patient? Could they find your office easily? When they walked in for that first visit, was your office 
warm and welcoming or was it kind of, you know, cold and they didn't really know where to go? Was the office clean? Did the, the systems or the process make sense or were they left to fend for themselves? All these things are so big about experience and they matter so much. But if you want to track it, do that review early, like day one or day two. Now, you can always send them another review request like six weeks later at the end of their care and Google allows them to rewrite it. But I think if you really want to, you know, step up to the plate, do your reviews in the first, second or third visit because it tells you more about how you treat the people, not what treatments you did with the people, right? So I think that's so important. So what are some things you can do in your office to create a better patient experience? Well, I think if we just flow through that kind of thinking, like a patient in the in the order, we'll end up in the gym, but getting people into your gym is going to be so much easier if you create a great patient experience uh, that honors the gym, but doesn't make them feel like garbage before they ever get offered a gym membership, right? We want to get that gym membership. So I think there's things we can do in the gym as well, but most importantly is treat your patients correctly and then they're more, much more likely to join your gym. So first things first, I would say is when that person reaches out to you, how easy is it for them to get an appointment? So a lot of times people will reach out, they'll see you on say social media and they'll reach out via Facebook Messenger or Instagram if you put up some interesting post about, you know, hey, here's some back pain that we treat well or, you know, we're, we're into pregnancy and prenatal women, blah, blah, blah and you post that on Instagram, if they reach out via DMs, one of the complaints a lot of uh, younger patients have is, yeah, I reached out via DM, nobody got back to me. It wasn't until I called that they you know, set me up an appointment. So I just say, pay attention to that. Make sure that you have, you're capturing all the DMs and all the social media platforms where you appear. Now, I don't think that this is as big of a deal for that kind of over 40 patient crowd, but I hear more and more People are saying they're getting patients from these social media channels. So I think it's a bigger deal that's getting bigger every year. Second thing, if somebody calls your office, how likely is it that you're going to answer the phone? And if you don't answer the phone, how likely is it that you're going to get that they're going to get a call back? I can't tell you how common the statement of, oh, I called that place, but they never called me back. That statement is so common within healthcare. Now, it's not just healthcare. Like I've had that experience too. We recently wanted to take our family, like celebrate a big anniversary in our family. So we called this big restaurant, very expensive. And we're, you know, left a message because that's all they let you do. Never got a call back. Called back two days later. Hey, we're, you know, we have a party at 10. We want to come down there for dinner. Still no call back. And I'm like, dude, we're talking about thousands of dollars of business here. And you can't even freaking call people back. It really turned me off about that restaurant. And it was frustrating, right? And then so many times I hear, friends and, and family and our my in-laws saying, oh yeah, I called that place, but they never called me back. So just think, are you calling people back? Do you have a system for that? Sounds silly, but you know how, how high of a priority is it to call back people that have called your office? If you don't have the, the staff to handle that, or you want to provide a really good experience, set up a system that has missed call text back. Now, what that means is when somebody calls and it wasn't answered, they'll immediately get a text from your office saying, hey, sorry, we missed your call. How can we help? Obviously, our communication platform, Trust Driven Care, has this. That's why I'm kind of bragging about it. But there's a bunch of other, Weave, Podium, um, I'm trying to think of some others. There's a bunch of systems that have this feature. The reason for it is it's just, it's proven to be one of the most powerful features to get you people. Because who's calling you is probably half of those calls are potential new patients, right? 
at least half of them, maybe more than that, are people saying, hey, I want to get a visit, but uh, I just want to call or I got a couple of questions I want to answer before I schedule, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So those are highly valuable uh, phone calls that often just disappear. They just you know, evaporate into the ether, man. So make sure you're grabbing all those. An even better uh, aspect or, or something I think is important to share there is um, the Harvard Business Review did this study one time about local businesses. So this is like chiropractors, dentists, plumbers, HVAC, like air conditioning folks, um, hair, st- hair salons, veterinarians, like just all different types of community-based local business. And in that study, they tracked a bunch of clients that are a bunch of potential clients that called offices and then they tracked, Hey, where did you end up going for that? So like, if you're looking for a new dentist, you call maybe six offices, right? And how do you determine? And what they found was that if you call those people back within five minutes, you are, you will get 88% of the business. So almost 90% of the business just went to the group that called back first. And it has to happen in less than five minutes. In fact, if it goes past 20 minutes, the likelihood of you getting that potential new patient is less than than 10%. It just falls off a cliff. So if you can get people, there's like what they call the five-minute rule. Reply to them, get them in in five minutes. Now, the great news is right here is, you know, as we hear about things like chat GPT and these different uh, AI kind of uh, conversation engines, we are installing these in our um, when people call and they don't get a they, their phone call doesn't get answered. You can kick it over to like an AI type receptionist, right? Uh, the AI type receptionist will respond and try and push them towards an appointment. You kind of tell the AI that is the goal is get them an appointment, right? The only downside to that right now is you really have to train these models so they speak like your office. They don't make it, they don't overpromise. They don't uh, use incorrect wording and stuff. But it's <clears throat> I think it's it's getting better every month. Um, ours is is working. Um, and you know, as you train it more and more, it will get better and better. And by training it, you have to just feed it information. You have to give it some examples of good answers. And so the best place is if you look at questions you've got, type those in and then give it the answers you want, maybe three or four options for answers you would want the uh, AI receptionist to say. This works great after hours, works great in different, you know, uh, situations. It's not perfect. I would say it's probably like 80 to 85% good right now. And uh, probably by, you know, within six months to a year, it's going to be great. But um, the most important thing is they they just get a text back saying, hey, we saw you, you called, sorry, you missed it. How can we help, right? Um, yeah, so I think that's important. But if we're going down that pathway for a patient to get a new a new, uh, set up a new appointment. So they call or they hit you up on social media. What's next? Well, next is how do they actually get an appointment? If you use our friends over at Jane, we love Jane. We think it's the best EHR around. You know, they can do online booking. In fact, the reason that Jane exists is because the owner of it, Allie, was frustrated that she couldn't find an online booking platform. And so she hired the other co-founder, Trevor, to, to build an online booking platform, which turned into Jane. But at this day and age, it's so important to have online booking. And that's just a link where the patient can go in and set up their account. But do you have an online booking link? Maybe you have it on your website, right? Now, I know that some people are super nervous about having it on their website, or they don't want a bunch of people to schedule unneeded appointments. But for the most part, we just don't see that happening. So 
Um, yeah. So you want to have that online booking. If you don't have online booking, what method can there be of getting a new appointment? If you are just a lot, the only method is they have to call your office and talk to your front desk staff. I think you're probably losing out on about 20 to 40% of the new patients that want to book with you. Because to a lot of people under the age of 40, that calling to book thing is a very, um, it's a lot of friction in the system. So it slows them down and they, they decide to go somewhere else. If you look at restaurants now, you know, how many of them over the last two to three years have started online reservations. And if you get to a place where the only way you can make reservations is by calling, I think it, it certainly throws me for a loop and I would love to know how you feel about it. So how can they get that initial appointment? All right, so let's talk about experience. So they made their initial appointment, they booked it online or however, and they're rolling up to your clinic. First things first, is your clinic easy to find and is it absolutely clear where they should park to walk into the doors? If it's not, you know, if you're around a corner or you're not, you know, if there's a couple different ways to approach your office or it's hard to find or it's on the second floor, you need stairs or an elevator or whatever, back that up and say like, how can I make that experience better? I think an easy way to do it is send a text message before their visit that has a picture of your office with identifying where to park where to walk upstairs, right? Where, what office to go in, doesn't matter. But um, just make that super simple. Once the person's in your office, what can you do then? How about having a bright, shiny, smiling face at the front desk? That's always great, right? And then if that person is really good, I would say that it's great when they stand up to greet the new patient walking in the door. This is especially powerful with that person on the front desk is on the phone. If they at least stand up and shake the hand of the new patient, the new patient's usually willing to wait, um, you know, uh, as much time as needed for that phone call to finish. It's, uh, it's pretty, you know, that behavior just really impresses people and creates such a great experience that they're willing to deal with anything. So have your front desk staff, talk to them, train them, have them stand up and, uh, you know, shake hands with new patients walking in the door. Okay. Then after that, what's the next step? So if you have online booking, you probably don't need to hand them a clipboard or whatever. But if you are handing them a clipboard, you need a or a kiosk or iPad to get some signatures, just step back and say like, hey, what's this experience like? I recently had to go to a place and they hand me a thing to sign. Um it, it was a very weird experience. I had to read the screen, read the paperwork on one screen. And when I swiped to the next screen, I had to sign my name, but there's none of the paperwork there. So it's like these two disconnected things, but I was still on the same iPad. It was just a weird experience that I think could be improved upon because it almost felt to me like they're trying to hide something, like they're, you know, they're not being honest. So I think that's that's an important thing to think about. All right. So we sign in. You know, how easy is it to do all the necessary paperwork in the office to get to the point where I can be seen by the doctor? Great. Now, uh, when I get walked back to an office, I get put in a holding area. What's the experience like there? Is there decent reading material or is it just, you know, advertisements or, or boring stuff? So, you know, is there decent reading material if you're going to have me in that office for a while? Now, most people will look at their phones. So how about this? How about a charging station for phones? That'd be kind of a cool experience. You know, I can set my phone down, get a little juice while I'm there with the chiropractor. Then when you enter, you as the provider enter the office, what's the experience there? Here's a, here's an interesting one. Uh, less than, I just read a, an article, 
Less than 10% of medical providers use their name and the patient's name in the first visit. Less than 10%. So if all you do is say, hey, I'm Dr. Satterley. It's nice to meet you. What was your name? Oh, Renee. Renee, it's a pleasure to meet you. If I just include that sentence, I'm now in the top 10% of all medical providers. That's crazy. Crazy for an experience, right? So you build that experience. And then how should you uh, create experience after that? Well, it's their first visit. And maybe send out some preemptive messages about what's next. If it's their first time getting their neck adjusted, right? Or their first time doing any exercise, what's likely going to happen? They're probably going to be sore the next day, right? Or there's a chance at it. Maybe probably is too strong of a term. There's a chance at it. Why not send out a message that says, hey, it was a pleasure meeting you today. FYI, you might be sore in a few hours or a few days. If you are, you know, just stay moving and uh, ice it if you're, if you're painful, right? Sending out that preemptive message before they have a problem go so far to build that great patient experience. All right. So that's important. And after that first visit, I think it's important to send out a a message saying, Hey, it was a pleasure to meet you. This can be the same message just combined. It was a pleasure to meet you today. I look forward to working with you in the future. You don't want to send any diagnosis or any medical information there because of HIPAA guidelines, but just to acknowledge the person, it was a pleasure to meet you. Right. That will go so far to impress that person with the experience and it'll go so far to create referrals, right? If they feel like they're going to, that they were treated great, the likelihood they'll send their friends and family to be treated great is very high. Unfortunately, the opposite is true too. If you treat them like trash, they're unlikely to refer because they don't want their friend or family to be treated like trash. Anyways, if you want a little tip on that one, uh, schedule the message to be sent out, schedule the message to be sent out. Write it whenever after, you know, during whenever that patient has a new patient visit, but schedule to go out about 7.15 at night and say something like, hey, I was just leaving the office and wanted to check in with you. Or, hey, I know it's getting late, but I just wanted to see how you're doing, right? Those kind of messages, especially if you can schedule them to go out at like evening-ish, make the patient feel so special. Like, wow, there's, you know, I can't believe they remembered. And if you really want to supercharge it, include a personal anecdote that came up during the visit. Maybe they told you that they have a sick dog at home, Scruffy, right? Or they're having lunch with their sister after this visit. Well, in that case, you could say, hey, I was just leaving the office and want to check in and see how you're feeling today. By the way, give Scruffy a scratch for me, right? If you use the dog's name, they know that there is no way this message was automated. And so they're so wildly impressed. And the, the wording coming across as, oh, yeah, I was just headed home, but I thought of you, makes them feel like a million bucks. And that experience is incredible. So I think maybe we'll do a part two on this because I think this is such a powerful, um, kind of a powerful approach, like making sure we we have this great patient experience. But I think that we just covered one that's really good up till the first visit. So in the future, sometime we'll do a part two talking about uh, experience from visit number two until they join the gym. But I will tell you this. I would give some thought to what is the best gym experience you've ever had? When we talk about the clinic gym hybrid model, it's important to think this is a premium offering. We don't have more space. We don't have more equipment. We don't have more hot tubs. No, we don't have more showers. But what we do have is expertise. Expertise and experience. That's all we can sell, right? 
So how can you make the experience better at your clinic gym right now, right? Is it by just cleaning the place? Like when's the last time you moved all the equipment around and dusted underneath all the racks and dumbbells, barbells, uh, you know, bikes and all that stuff? When's the last time you cleaned that? Does the equipment need to be wiped down? Are there sweat drops all over the, the assault bike frame, right? Um, is the, any other equipment that needs to be broken, that, that is broken or needs to be fixed or needs to be just thrown out, right? Busted dumbbells and stuff that's uh, old bands with rips and stuff in them. Is it time to replace those things? And finally, music. Music, the type of music, the language in music, and the volume of music has so much power to create a positive or negative client experience at the gym. So think about that, analyze it, and ask yourself, what's the best experience you've ever had? So a little bit shorter episode today, but I'm excited to talk about this because that patient experience and that client experience is such an area. It's just pure profit. It doesn't, usually the things we're going to talk about don't cost anything, or if they do, it's a couple shekels here and there, but the amount of impact they make is unbelievable. You know, we went to Disney World last year on spring break, and one of the cool things they do for experience is if you say it's your first visit, they give you a pin to wear all day that says it's your first visit. And everybody at the at Disney World is trained to uh, say something nice to you, like, hey, welcome to Disney World, right? Or if it's your birthday, people walking by can see that, and they just say happy birthday. That type of experience for very little dollars, I mean, those pins probably cost Disney five cents each. The experience it creates is so incredible for client or for their clients that we should really harness those things in in our chiropractic journey to make sure that people feel a change, not just that they're getting better physically, but that they feel inspired. They feel they want to leave a review. They feel they want to refer their friends and family. They feel like they want to praise the, the praise you publicly because of the amazing work you do. So I think it's super important and it's just free money. It's just free profit by doing a couple small things differently. So with that, I appreciate you listening. This is Dr. Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. Got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.